There comes a point in our lives when we strive to define our true meaning and purpose. Many of us move through our existence day after day, living through the same cycles and patterns that leave us feeling unfulfilled and searching for more. For those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every moment, to redefine how we perceive the truths of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living? Are you killing time? Welcome to the show, everybody. In today's episode, I am very excited to welcome Garrett Stevens to the podcast. Garrett happens to be the chairman and CEO of the company Hemisync. Now, if you're not familiar with what Hemisync and Binaural Beats actually are, stay tuned for this one as this is a fascinating subject on this amazing newer technology. Back in the 1950s and 60s, a man named Robert Monroe founded the Monroe Institute where he studied the effects of changing environmental factors to enhance human brain function. And he found that the brain could be put in specific states by inputting specific brain waves of sound. Now, I did a warm-up episode on this one, so if you want to check out the sort of the prequel to this episode, check out episode number 67 on brainwave states, the CIA, and binaural beats to get more information on that. Now, Hemisync is just an amazing technology that I came across a few years ago, and I'm just honored that Garrett is joining us today. Garrett oversees this company, and the company's mission now focuses on keeping the Monroe Institute's efforts moving forward on brainwave state technology, on how it relates to focus and concentration and relaxation and everything in between. But I'm going to let Garrett share his expertise on this field. Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks, Heath. Very good to be with you. This is going to be a great subject. I mean, as well as the story that you have of going from Wall Street to what you're doing now, I think that's amazing. And I'm very excited to share this information with the listeners as it really has had profound changes on my mindfulness practices. And, you know, the more I make connections around the world on these subjects, the more I find that this is really an amazingly unknown secret in circles of people you think would know about this stuff. So that's why I'm so excited to share this today and talk with you about it. Uh, because it's been so pivotal in my experience. And I think once more people find out about this, they are going to be absolutely astonished by what Hemisync can actually do for them because it has been absolutely indispensable in my experience. That's awesome. We'd love to hear that. Yeah, um, I mean, that's definitely something we've been trying to do more is to get it out there. I mean, those were actually Bob Monroe's exact marching orders um, you know, in his later years and before he transitioned was to get it out there. And so you know, we tried to you know, do some projects with some higher profile people in the past few years. You know, we worked with um, Deepak Chopra, I think in 2018, well, we're putting out some stuff with uh, Eckhart Tolle right now. So there's, I think, three, three Hemisync tracks on Eckhart's YouTube channel. Um, and there's also like a complete phys uh, physical and digital album coming out through Sounds True, um, I think today, actually. Um, and so, you know, been doing that, um, you know, we built an app a couple of years ago to try to get it into more hands um, and uh, uh, more affordably. Uh, we were recently picked up by 
um, in groups, which is a division of uh, Universal Music Group. So you know, just trying to extend the reach and um, you know get it into people's hands. Uh, you know, for, you know, where they can actually use it and uh, you know, and try to meet a modern audience kind of where they're at. Um, whereas before, it was kind of almost like like a you know like a secret. It's like you know don't tell anyone. Um, but uh, yeah, we're uh, you know we're trying very hard to change that. Yeah, so secretive that it was even part of a CIA investigation, which is something we'll have to talk about uh, at some point yeah. during the episode. That was that was fascinating too. So before we dive into that subject and everything else, I like to get the perspective of our guests to find out sort of what makes them tick and ask the question. What does it mean to live your best life, according to Gary Stevens? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's to be yourself um, as authentically as possible. And so I think a lot of people kind of have sort of a juvenile understanding of what it means to be themselves. Um, you, know, well, you know, this is what I believe in. You know, this is how I, you know, this is how I express myself. And, you know, I don't mean to discount that, but um, I'm talking about being yourself authentically. So having an understanding of, you know, who you are kind of free and uh, independent of your everyday working mind. Um, so, you know, you, you talked about hemisync uh, helping you to kind of quiet your mind down and the benefits of uh, 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 meditation. Um, you know, when that starts to happen, when your thoughts become quiet, um, there is this um, export or there is this experience of a, a, of a total self or a deeper self. Um, that you can only experience when your mind gets quiet. Um, and you know, when you start to uh, live from that place, um, things can change quite a bit. You reconsider who you are and uh, what you take yourself to be. That's an absolutely great answer. And that concept of finding out who you are by focusing in on yourself a bit more than some of us typically do, you uncover levels of yourself that you really never knew from what I found. And you seem to kind of like peel back the layers of the onion of yourself. Uh, but I mean, hemisync really being a pivotal part of uh, my meditative practice, at least, um, especially for people, though, like me, when I was first starting out, I was using this at a certain point where I was feeling frustrated because I couldn't get my mind quiet. And I know a lot of people who were in a similar boat and using some of just the free tracks that you can find out there from Hemisync have put them on and it's really gotten them to uh, get on a more regular practice where some people normally get discouraged when they try to meditate because of the monkey mind that just keeps on interrupting. Yeah, I mean, I think it can work at different levels. Um, you know, that's, you know, one of the beauties of it is it can actually meet you where you're currently at. So, you know, for a lot of folks uh, sitting on a cushion, you know, meditation, um, that can be challenging. You, know, you can sit for, you know, for a long period of time, even years in some cases, and all you get from it is a stiff back. Um, and so we kind of help you to get into a relaxed state, into a meditative state uh, more readily and to hold it for longer. Um, and so we do that by using binaural beats. Um, and so the adult human brain actually can't hear anything under about 20 hertz. And that turns out to be unfortunate uh, because there are a lot of very useful brainwave frequencies underneath that level. Um, and when you, you know, when you hear a frequency, your brainwave pattern tends to entrain to that frequency. Um, so uh, from like half a hertz to four hertz, that's called delta. So that's useful for sleep. Um, from four to eight hertz, that's called alpha. Uh, that's great for uh, relaxation, uh, stress reduction. Um, from, sorry, that's, that's theta. 
Theta is for meditation. So that's kind of like the borderland kind of hypnagogic, uh, hypnopompic uh, state going in and out of sleep. Um, eight to 14 hertz, that's alpha. That's great for relaxation. Um, and then from about 14 hertz up to about 20 hertz, that's uh, getting to beta. Uh, it's actually low beta. Um, and so low beta is great for concentration, tasks of vigilance, uh, things of that nature. Um, and so the way we kind of do that is we basically trick your brain into hearing the frequency since you can't hear anything under 20 hertz. So if you put, say, 100 hertz into your left ear and 104 into your right, your brain automatically makes um, a third signal that is not on the recording, uh, which is the difference between those two. So in that case, 4 hertz, 100 hertz, 104 hertz, the difference is 4 hertz. That's the binaural beat. Um, and you can observe that effect by uh, putting an EEG on a, uh, on, on a recipient uh, that will create what's called an evoked potential in the uh, neocortex. Uh, no one's quite sure how that works exactly, but your brain wave pattern will entrain to that frequency. Um, and so basically, hemisync is a series of binaural beat recipes, really. Um, they're complex, they're multi-layered, um, and they evoke certain states of consciousness. Um, so that's, um, that's sort of what we do in a nutshell. We've developed these frequencies that um, are useful for sleep, relaxation, meditation, uh, concentration tasks of uh, vigilance. Um, you can certainly apply them in your daily life for you know, manifestation, wellness. Um, that's sort of the entire offering. Absolutely, and I can personally attest to what this has done for my progress because I have one of those highly active brains, one that doesn't like to rest very much, uh, but I found it easier to get into deep meditations for longer periods of time when I used this, which translated to amazing changes in my everyday life. And I can equate that maybe to like a newcomer to maybe marathon running or just running in general, that if you try to run like five miles right away, you'll find that you, you really can't make it. You're gonna have trouble getting to that goal right away and get discouraged. And this technology almost makes it easier to get results from your new parts of practice, which then motivates you to be more consistent and keep going with it. Yeah, um, right. So like, I'm also a very left brain, you know, rational person, analytical, um, as are most folks who come from Wall Street, as you know, you pointed out earlier is my background. Um, and like what you find that many people like that, um, especially if they're successful, is they're constantly multitasking, they're constantly stressed. Um, they're basically what's called high beta. Um, and so when you're in high beta, that's not so great. Uh, your sympathetic nervous system is kicking in, it's injecting your body with adrenaline and cortisol, um, and you feel stressed. And lots of successful people just kind of think that's the baseline. Like that's how you're supposed to feel. You know, if you're a, success, a, a, a successful person, that's how you're supposed to feel. Um, and when you're in that mindset, it is very difficult to slow down. It is very difficult to meditate. Um, and so hemisync is kind of like training wheels to um, get into those states more easily and more readily, hold them for longer. Absolutely. So let's talk about your story of ending up in the place that you are, um, it being the chair of, of hemisync. And you came from Wall Street. How did that whole transition happen? What, what kicked that off for you? Yeah, I mean, I was always interested in this stuff. Um, and, you know, for a long period of time, you know, I think my life was just kind of compartmentalized. Like I had sort of my everyday life over here 
And then I kind of had, you know, like my inner work, my spiritual stuff over here and never the twain shall meet. Um, and, you know, I, I was able to kind of pull it off for a period of time. Um, and then I kind of got to a point in my early 30s where I went through some crisis. Uh, my father died. Um, suddenly, you know, we kind of you know, had a big fight before that happened. Um, so, you know, it was very painful. Um, and uh, like I felt like uh, we had kind of some unfinished business. And I had this sense that, you know, it, it was still possible to go see him somehow. Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense to my rational mind, but somehow I just had the sense that, that that was possible. And he still felt like he was close to me um, at that time, like nearby. Um, and so, um, you know, I, uh, I was actually listening to the Joe Rogan podcast in the very early days when he was more into uh, flotation tanks, um, psychedelics. Yeah. I that a lot. Um, and so I decided to try that. Um, I worked in Santa Monica at the time. I Googled float tanks. There was one down in Venice Beach. I decided to go over there one day after work. And, you know, I worked market hours. So, you know, I'd get in at like 5.30 a.m. And I'd usually be done at around 4. Uh, so I kind of headed over there one day. It was late afternoon. Got into this tank. Um, and so, you know, these tanks are pitch black. They're basically uh, sensory uh, deprivation chambers. Right. I think like 2,000 pounds of Epsom salt in there. So, you know, it's very buoyant. And the water is heated to like 90 degrees. So you start to kind of lose um, the sense for your physical boundaries. You know, the water kind of comes up to like right over your ears, but um, you know, your eyes and your mouth, your nose, they're above water. So you can breathe, but it's pitch black. Um, so I'm in there for like an hour and a half or something. And it was very relaxing, but nothing was really happening. Um, and so I decided to, you know, I was done, I was gonna get up. Um, and when I went to do that, to get out of the tank, I realized that I couldn't really move. I was paralyzed. Um, I was like, hmm. And then the <laughs> vibration started. Um, it kind of started in my chest and it spread down to my solar plexus and then kind of my head. And then like my whole body was vibrating. And the next thing I knew, I was kind of shooting out through the top of my head and like I don't know, going through what felt like a vortex or a wormhole at just what felt like a very high rate of speed. <laughs> um, Wild. Like I wasn't sure where I was going. It just felt like it was out into space, um, like really far, really fast. And, you know, then it started to dawn on me, you know, hey, was I, am I dying right now? Like my chest was vibrating, you know, did I just have a heart attack? Because, you know, that's how my dad died. Um, and so like the fear factor kicked in there and wham, I was back in my body. Um, and so then I was able to kind of slowly move my limbs and I got up and got out of the tank and I was just kind of kicking myself because... You know, I was like, that was what they were talking about when they say out-of-body experience. You know, right. That's what that was. Um, and so I wanted to do it again and, like, not screw it up. Um, and so I started researching how to do that. Um, and so I came across uh, Robert Monroe and his books, um, as well as um, this guy named uh, William Buhlman, um, who was also a leading expert on the out-of-body experience. And I saw that he was um, going to be giving – a out-of-body workshop at the Monroe Institute um, later that year. Um, and so, you know, I signed up for it and I started practicing. Um, you know, I got a book by a guy named uh, Robert Bruce, uh, who wrote a book called um, Astral Dynamics, as well as uh, Mastering Astral Projection in 90 Days. I said, you know, I started doing all these techniques. Um, you know, I found out about Bob Monroe and his Hemisync after reading his books and I started using Hemisync. 
Um, and so I started to become uh, fairly adept at mastering this kind of mind awake body asleep state that is this uh, precursor state um, to the OBE. Um, and found that this, you know, was useful for, you know, all kinds of consciousness exploration and inner work. Um, and um, yeah, like, so they call that first course at the Institute um, or, you know, our flagship uh, uh, series at, uh, at, uh, at uh, Hemisync is called a Gateway Experience at the Institute. It's called Gateway Voyage. That's the right. course. And it, it really is kind of this gateway into this, you know, other realm of experience of consciousness. Um, and so I took my first course, I think in 2010, um, it took a bunch more after that. Um, I became uh, an, an outreach trainer for Institute in 2015. Um, and through a series of strange coincidences, I was able to acquire um, Hemisync itself in 2017. And I've been running it ever since. So uh, around the time of Bob Monroe's passing, he, uh, well, it was actually a bit before that, he divided up um, his uh, holdings um, in Hemisync, which is kind of the intellectual property that he created. Um, he turned that into <clears throat> a corporation and uh, left that to his kids. And he uh, left the education and uh, research and uh, development activities in the Institute, which bears his name. That's a 501c3 nonprofit. And so they're separate. Um, a, a bunch of people don't, don't actually know the difference, um, but they're, they're separate. And so I own the company. Um, and uh, it's, it's been quite a trip. So have you ever had an experience since that experience in the tank? Oh, yeah, uh, quite a few. Um, no. The um, vibrational state, which is kind of what I was experiencing in the tank, it generally tends to be not as um, radical in subsequent experiences. It, it starts to mellow out a little bit. Um, and, you know, you can start to... Um, just kind of shift your consciousness into like a different locale as Bob would say. So he would kind of, um, he developed this um, sort of this concept of, of uh, phasing. Um, and so kind of there's the classical out of body experience, which is you know, more or less is, as I described in the float tank. And um, there's also kind of this experience of phasing where you're just kind of putting your consciousness somewhere else. Um, and so, um, Anything out of kind of what's C1 consciousness, which is what Bob referred to as everyday ordinary consciousness, um, where, you know, your, your focus and attention and your faculties are really based in, you know, here in the physical. Anything um, that is starting to shift out of that is called a phase shift. Um, and, you know, you, you could have quite a few phase shifts. It might even be infinite. Um, you know, they're all different kind of levels to, to uh, reality and to consciousness. Right. Um, but there's a certain inefficiency in the classical out-of-body experience because you have to kind of go through a bunch of steps to sort of enter these um, expanded states. Um, whereas with kind of phase shifting, you just kind of go into these states more smoothly, more readily, more directly. And these easily attainable altered and heightened states of awareness is probably why the CIA got interested in this one. Um, where I actually talked about this in episode number 67 as sort of a run-up to this episode, but the CIA did their study in Project Stargate, and this report was released in the late 90s. So 
that right there adds so much more credence to all of this. And they describe in detail about the quote frequency following response and that the two hemispheres of the brain um, do certain things independently to create a coherent state within the brain. Whenever I can describe this to somebody, I say, you know, they put in one tone in one ear, like you described it. You you put a set of headphones on and they put one tone in one ear. And if you lift one headphone up, you're going to hear one solid tone. And if you put the other, you know, lift the other one up on its own, you're going to hear one solid tone. But when you put the headphones together, you hear like a whoa, 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 whoa. It goes yeah. back and forth. It's a vibrato. Yep. And it's, it's, people have been just amazed because then they'll like, they hear that vibrato and then they take the headphones back off. They're like, wait a second, where did that noise go? It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the effect of the, the difference in the Hertz that you're hearing between the two different yeah. sounds. And it's just amazing what the body, what this actually does to the brain and the body. And me being a complete skeptic, I didn't believe much of this until I experienced it myself. Uh, I've done a breathwork session that really blew my mind. But before that breathwork session, the most profound experience that I had consciously was through a hemi-sync experience. And it was sort of like a full body vibration while I was kind of deep in meditation in bed with the headphones on. And I had that one time and I kind of scared myself out of it because it was so foreign. Um, but I guess this is just the beginning stages of what numerous people go to and go through. Um, in the beginning stages of the sort of these altered states up to sort of phase shifts and shifts in consciousness and heightened senses all the way up to supposed out-of-body experiences. Yeah. Um, so you touched on a bunch of things there. Um, so, I mean, there are different theories as to why the vibrational state seems to uh, lessen with time. Um, and one of the things I've heard is that, well, you know, when it first starts to happen, there is kind of an opening effect in your, in your energy centers or chakras, as some people like to say. Um, and uh, yeah, you also mentioned the, the CIA document. Um, it is a remarkable document. So, I mean, the government, I guess, got interested in what was happening at the Institute and with Hemisync, and they went there to basically take the course. They took the Gateway Voyage course, which is the one that I was mentioning to you. Right. And, you know, this intelligence officer, this agent developed this, very elaborate document with kind of a theory of sort of how this was all working um, and, you know, kind of got into, you know, what the nature of reality might actually look like. Right. Um, you know, I encourage people to go check it out for themselves if they want to see it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, nobody's quite sure how it works. Um, and, you know, it's fascinating that the government took an interest um, and like, there's a lot of folks that, you know, want to kind of, you know, sensationalize and to make a conspiracy theory out of it as they do with everything these days. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it, 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 it does have a long and storied and interesting history to it. Yeah. I guess the reason they, they dove into it was because they were thinking that they could, I wouldn't say weaponize it, but I guess sort of in a way, because if you could transfer your consciousness somewhere else and view something without restriction, obviously there's a strategic you know, deploying that strategically against an enemy would be, you know, the obvious benefits of that would be huge, but well, they it did. Doesn't... I mean, so there was a whole remote viewing project that was right. called Stargate, um, where they trained intelligence officers to remotely view through altered states of consciousness, um, you know, what, foreign adversaries were doing. Um, With a decent you know, amount of accuracy from what I read too. Yeah. Um, and so Joel McMonagle, who was viewer one in that program, teaches the remote viewing course at the Institute. <laughs> That's amazing. 
And he was also a contemporary of Bob Monroe and actually married his stepdaughter. So the guy who trained military personnel in a lot of these concepts ended up at the Institute and then also married Bob Monroe's daughter. That's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I dove into that CIA document and there's some really profound stuff that the test subjects came up with, stuff that was proven later on with scientific discoveries to be true, where back in the early years, they didn't really understand what the subjects were trying to say, and those people really didn't understand it either. Um, but they were just coming back from their experiences with all of this information. Uh, like one of them got this download that the universe was the shape of the, quote, cosmic egg. And that the top of the egg was where the white hole was, what we would perceive as the Big Bang. And the universe is basically like a huge recycling plant where eventually over tens of billions of years, maybe hundreds of billions of years, the matter spews out and around the shape of this egg and then goes into the bottom and basically gets compressed and condensed to the point of a Big Bang that's always happening. And they drew some models of it in this report. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about this in one of our conversations about how this technology can help people battling issues like trauma and PTSD and other psychological issues, and that this technology isn't just used for consciousness exploration, but it has healing properties as well. Yeah, um, so this has actually been studied in some detail. Um, there was a, a study done just a few years ago at uh, Walter Reed, um, where they studied um, hemisync um, in treating vets with post-deployment stress. Um, that was using the hemisync track uh, Dreamland. Um, and I believe what they did is they used Dreamland, um, which had hemisync on it, and they used like a placebo or a control um, track as well, which did not have any hemisync. And they studied you know, the, the effects that it was having on these vets, um, both re with respect to uh, their uh, heart rate variability uh, or HRV, which is a measure of um, uh, of stress and uh, sympathetic versus parasympathetic response. Um, they asked them to journal, um, which is more qualitative, but still I think very valid. Um, and there was also one other uh, measurable that um, is escaping me at the moment, but uh, they found that it was useful to a statistically significant degree on all four factors that were measured. Um, so that was published in the journal of nursing. Um, and I'm happy to share that. Um, after the show, if you'd like to uh, take a look at it and definitely uh, share it with your audience, but um, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely been been shown to be very effective in in treating PTSD. So not surprised to hear that. Very glad it was helpful for you. Yeah, it definitely was. And trying to really advocate for people to try and get through these things, like I did, um, from you know whether it's experiences in life, traumas, and all that stuff, or stuff that happens through people at work, whether they're military, public safety, police, whatever they're into, a medical field of what people have been through through the pandemic and everything, um, and to do it without abusing alcohol or drugs or prescriptions, uh, I wanted people to to understand this stuff, and I wanted to share it with them. So it can be kind of added to the options that are out there for people um, or, you know, more tools for the tool belt for situations like this and certain states that people find themselves in. And they can add it to sort of a varied approach to try and get over the, some of these kinds of things. Yeah. No, I mean, it's um, it's definitely no substitute for working with a trained professional. Absolutely. But I think a lot of folks um, have such a hard time relaxing 
and you know they don't even really know what it means to relax mm -hmm. like watching tv or like having a beer or you know hanging out and just relaxing um but you might not be relaxed actually if you kind of measure it clinically you know you might still be your you know sympathetic nervous system might still be you know kicking in with adrenaline and cortisol and you might not actually know it um and so you know one of the things that people often experience with um so putting on the uh, headphones and getting truly deeply relaxed for the first time is, wow, like I didn't know it was possible to be this relaxed or, like, oh, I didn't know like that, that this was what it felt like. Um, and so, you know, once you can have that first experience, it is much easier to return to it. You're kind of laying down the uh, neural pathways to return to that state of consciousness, to, to uh, that specific experience. Yeah, the speed in which this helped was amazing too. Um, I was so dedicated to meditation and trying to get deep into it. And I struggled on my own in, you know, silent rooms and getting distracted and frustrated for so long. And I just didn't want to quit. And then when I discovered binaural beats and all of these technologies that go along with it, the advancements just accelerated so rapidly since then. Like, you know, you mold those pathways in your brain with practices like this. It's amazing how quickly that default programming can get overridden and then just new pathways open up in front of you. It's just, it's profound. Yeah, that's the whole concept of uh, neuroplasticity. So, you know, what fires together, wires together. And, uh, Joe Dispenza does a really good job of this. Yeah, big fan of Joe Dispenza's work. Yeah, and it's it's never too late to change your habits. Um, from ones that don't serve you to ones that do. Um, and so, you know, I, I love shows like yours that you can try to give folks the tools to actually do that. So with that, uh, with that, what was the name of it? The, uh, the deprivation tank, what is the formal name of it? The float tank. The float tank. Yeah. Was that, so did that become a common thing for you after you had that experience or was that kind of, that I was did kind it of a couple more times and like, I, I always enjoy it. Um, but I didn't have quite that same experience again. And, you know, again, I found that, you know, with using the uh, headphones, with using Hemisync, you know, I could get to those states actually much faster than I could in a float tank. Um, and, you know, eventually I, I didn't really need the uh, headphones at all to kind of access these states. I can sit on a cushion or I can lie down um, and, it, it, and it's still very stable. You know, I'll still use the headphones maybe once a week to kind of, um, or, you know, relax a bit, maybe have an experience that I wouldn't otherwise, you know, don't have to do quite as much of the heavy lifting. Maybe, I, you know, I just kind of want to go on a journey. Um, but um, you don't have to do it daily if you don't want to. Right. Yeah. Have you ever used one of those, um, the biofeedback devices for, for meditation, like a Muse or there's a few of them out there on the market, but have you ever used any of those? I have experimented with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they can be, useful, um, at least initially. Uh, it's a bit of a gimmick. Um, once you get into it, though, you start to notice when you're coherent, right? when you're trained, and it's unmistakable. Um, you know, if you feel, you know, you might start noticing that, you know, you feel agitated, um, irritated, and, you know, that's when you know it's time to you know, take a break, to sit on the cushion or to lie down and, you know, to try to kind of slow yourself down. And when you kind of get into that relaxed state, you know, um, and so you don't have to have the feedback mechanism to kind of tell you that you're in it. You already know. Um, but early on, I think a lot of people have fun with that. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. I've got one of those things years into meditating and I kind of equate it to having a 
sort of like a varied practice in physical training, kind of like what you do when you're doing mindfulness and meditation, that sometimes, you know, it's good when you're doing meditation just to sit in silence or be somewhere quiet in the woods. Um, sometimes it's good to use hemisync. It's good to use binaural beats. Sometimes it's good to just use like a repetitive noise or a white noise, something that just has no lyrics, no nothing. Um, you know, sometimes I use a lot. I use a lot of like pure tone sound healing type stuff. Like what, um, Ben Carroll, he's an amazing sound healer. He's been on the show a few times and I use his an awful lot. Um, but no matter what, I try to record whatever I'm doing with the muse. Um, the muse has like a biofeedback. So if your brain starts to get active and you had your headphones hooked up to your, um, your app, it will sort of like get louder and when your brain's more active and quieter. So you can kind of like focus on when your mind's wandering. Um, but either way, it records your brain waves and I will sometimes put something on one device, but then record on the other and not let myself get distracted and just see what the results are. And I just find amazing advancements when I vary up the different things that I have available to me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, confirmation by data can be very useful to people. Um, right. That's, that's powerful. And I also totally agree with uh, what you said about uh, changing it up. So, you know, if you're sitting on a cushion or, you know, you're putting on the headphones and, you know, you start to notice that nothing seems to be happening, like it's not working anymore. Like don't do that for more than like a week, you know, try something else. Um, you know, it's similar to like going to the gym and like you're doing the same workout all the time and like you're not getting the gains anymore. You know, you got to try something else. Right. Um, and so, you know, maybe you can come back to it later on. Um, but yeah, don't don't do what's not working. The float tank thing sounds like that might be my next adventure uh, because I have to completely block off my senses anyways when I meditate like an eye mask and noise canceling headphones. So that sounds pretty cool. I, I did a breathwork session recently that kind of blew my mind. So now I'm kind of thinking of like what comes next. And this honestly sounds a little scary. So I might just have to find one and check it out. Yeah, I might have to drive into Boston. <laughs> sounds a little, sounds like a little intimidating. Yeah. So what is your personal point of view on consciousness after seeing all of these transformations and having these experiences yourself? Um, I know you said before we hit the record button about how you view consciousness as fundamental to reality. And I'd love to have you expand on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this idea that consciousness is what is fundamental, um, you know, it can not only be life changing on an individual level, but I think it can be really impactful for society as a whole and can help to bridge a lot of the problems that we have that you know, seem to be unsolvable or intractable. Um, you know, if I were to kind of simplify it broadly here, um, especially in America, we kind of have two main camps, right? You have one camp that is religious and, you know, people that kind of look down at them will say that, you know, they'll believe almost anything, um, even things that are untrue or, you know, made up. And then on the other hand, on, on, on the other side, you have people that are um, kind of scientifically materialist. So they're reductive, they're analytical, they're highly educated, um, and um, they believe that um, basically everything can be explained away um, by breaking things down smaller and smaller. And so, you know, the brain consciousness itself can be explained by physical matter. Um, and I don't think uh, there is much data that supports that view. Like if you look at 
the work of Dean Radin or the Stanford Research Institute or the Sci Labs at Princeton University or at uh, Duke University or the, de the Department of Perceptual Studies at uh, UVA. Um, there's a lot of data out there that supports this notion that psi phenomena, psychic phenomena, is a real thing, um, which fits with this you know, worldview um, that consciousness is actually what is fundamental, not physical matter. So everything resides within consciousness, um, not vice versa. And um, you know, I think if people started coming around to that view, it would really change society at large. Um, you know, what it means for the, for the individual is that you really can shape your own reality. Um, you know, when you enter into these non-physical states, you enter into environments that are very thought responsive. So you will notice that, you know, your environment changes as soon as your thoughts change. Um, and so if you, you know, accept this view that our physical matter reality is also based in consciousness, this, the same thing should hold true. You can shape the, the reality around you. You know, it might take a bit longer in this denser medium that we're operating in, in, in physical matter, but it still works. Um, and I've very much kind of applied these principles in my own life and find that they work. They might not work, um, you know, in the timelines that I think are, you know, what's best for me or in the way that I think is best for me, but when I kind of look back on it, um, it, it, it usually did work out for the best, or, you know, there was some reason behind it, um, that I didn't fully appreciate at the time. Um, and so, I mean, these are, I think, life altering kind of paradigm shifting, um, realities, realizations that are, you know, there for the taking. If, you know, people want to kind of open their eyes and, and, uh, you know, see what's actually there, you know, you know, see what's there in front of us. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are starting to wake up to these types of concepts as well. And, you know, the more we discover about the reality around us, the more sense I think it makes to more people. It's less woo woo. You know, recent discoveries show how the smallest parts of the universe are just energy and vibration. So, you know, really when you put those new discoveries together with some of these concepts that go all the way back into the 50s and 60s with the most recent modern discoveries, it's no wonder that these sounds of vibrations and waves affect us so much because it makes up the world around us at the smallest parts of the universe. So it's no wonder why we see the type of results that we see when these types of sound waves are introduced to the human brain and the body. You know, it's just it's just a shame that mainstream academics dismiss a lot of this stuff because I just feel like there's just so much that we don't know. And when more information comes out, it just gets dismissed. But also on the flip side, I know there are some legitimate institutions and universities and everything that are studying this stuff in their neurology departments and paying attention to this stuff at the same time people are thumbing down their nose at it, you know? Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's this book called um, and, and Upside Down Thinking that was put up by a guy named Mark, by, uh, Mark Gober, who was on my show, I think, last year or the year before. That does a really good job of summarizing all the data and you know, research that's been done that supports, you know, this idea that consciousness is, in fact, uh, what is fundamental. Um, and you're right. You know, 
the academics, scientists, and institutions um, are not comfortable with that view. And it's really unfortunate because science in general, I think, you know, especially in the early part of the, of the, of the 20th century, was really moving towards this paradigm that, you know, consciousness is, is what is fundamental. If you look at, you know, Einstein or Niels Bohr or you know, any of the fathers of, of, of uh, quantum mechanics, you know, that was kind of where it was heading. And, you know, I've, kind of, I've often asked the question, you know, well, what happened? Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, part of what happened is, you know, physical science has been so successful in the 20th century and, you know, early 21st century with, you know, the microchip and, you know, everything that, you know, modern kind of physical science has produced for us, you know, from our smartphones to, you know, the Zoom call, um, that, uh, that it, it, it sort of became what was primary. Um, and, um, you know, this scientific materialism, I think, really took root, um, even though, you know, a lot of the data kind of points in, in the opposite direction. So absolutely true. So true. So, Garrett, where's the best place that people can check out HemiSync, see everything that you guys have going on, sample some things, buy some of these tracks? Where is the best place to check things out? Well, uh, the best place is the website. Um, that, that's where we have the largest uh, library available and the most research available. Um, and so it's all right there. Um, if you just want to try some and use some, um, we do have some uh, tracks on YouTube. Uh, we have some tracks on you know, Spotify and Apple Music or you know, wherever it is that you get your music. Um, so yeah, I encourage you to try them out. Um, if you know, kind of having a deep meditative experience seems like a bit too much right now, you know, try out one of the concentration tracks. You know, while you know while you're studying or you're at work, and you know, just see what the difference is. See if it works for you. Um, or you know, you can try taking a nap with a sleep track and just see if it puts you into a deeply relaxed, sleep-inducing state. You know, that that might be a good place to start. Um, but you know, from there, you know, it's kind of up to you how far down the rabbit hole you you uh, care to travel. Yeah. And I definitely, I mean, definitely dipping your toes in the water and going on YouTube or even going on and checking out some of the free materials. Great. But even when you go on, on things like YouTube where they're streaming uh, different binaural beats, the, the compression rates I've heard are different than what the actual audio tracks can tend to be. So I think yeah. to get the highest quality, that's why I've gone towards actual downloaded tracks. Um, yep. Yeah. Plus every once in a while you get, you'll go on certain ads and you'll be in the middle of a deep meditation ad will pop up on something like YouTube, which is probably like yeah. one of the worst things that can happen for you, especially if you're in a really good deep state or something like that. And all of a sudden an ad pops up for, you know, Amazon or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I sort of compare it to coffee. So, you know, like some people are fine getting their coffee at the gas station. Right. Cost 99 cents. It's fine. Other people, maybe one Starbucks, it's three or four bucks. And, you know, still other people want like, you know, Stumptown or Intelligentsia. And that's like, you know, even higher. And so like Hemisync is more kind of like up towards that, you know, premium product. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of free binaural beats out there. Um, and, you know, I, if they work for you, I, I think it's great. 
Well, Gary, I really appreciate you coming on the show and discussing this with everybody. I know this is a fascinating subject for me. And like I said, I couldn't be more appreciative of what these types of things have done for me. And um, and I really hope that this works for other people as well. I, I Everyone that I've talked to has had nothing but positive results whenever they've dived into, uh, into HemiSync and what it offers and binaural beats. So I think uh, people will be very pleased if they check these things out. Hey, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me, Heath, and thanks for doing the work that you're doing. A huge thanks to Garrett Stevens for stopping by and talking to us about this incredible technology. If you're interested in seeing what this is all about, head over to hemisync.com. That's H-E-M-I-S-Y-N-C.com and explore the collection that they have on there. You can also head to YouTube and Spotify and check out some of the free tracks that they offer. If you're really serious about diving into this, I suggest the Gateway Experience, which is the program that the CIA did their studies on. Uh, and because of that, I was fascinated by that and started to dive in myself. And I'm only at the beginning portions of it, um, but I'm very intrigued at every step so far. You can also download the HemiSync app on Android or iOS, and they've got a lot of stuff that you can sample on there. You get a free day, a free seven-day trial, so you can check it out before you actually would have to pay for your membership on that app. But uh, several different ways you can check out this material. And if you find a product that you like along the way, you can enter the promo code LIVETHISLIFE, all one word, and get 20% off of your purchase. So really, I challenge you, if meditation and increasing your cognitive abilities fascinates you like it does me, if the subjects we talked about today intrigue you, give these tracks from HemiSync a try. I think that you'll have so much more progress and luck rather than searching out the free ones on YouTube, plus getting them from a trusted source. The top people in the industry like HemiSync is the best route you can possibly go. And I think once you do, you'll see that your perspective in life might take a dramatic shift. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.